John chapter 6 verse 63, Jesus said, The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. A warm welcome to the refreshing word of Calvary Baptist Church. You are in for an uplifting time in God's word. Enjoy the message. To all Calvarians, I trust you are praying about the Calvary at 55 and getting in touch with the media team and the details. The climax of it is coming very, very, very soon. 17th of December, Calvary at 55. If you have not participated in anything yet, don't miss that one. Don't miss that one. Come and let us celebrate God's birthday. Or join us in prayer if you're not able to come at the climax as we look at the past to see what God has done and work towards the future. We truly know that yes, the Lord has been with us. Let us pray as we get our hearts ready and our Bibles ready for today's word from the south. Our gracious God, Open our eyes that we will see the wondrous things in your way. Open our minds that we will understand what you have for us to understand and touch the vision and the revelation. And above all, grant us the confidence and the courage to know that you are for us and nobody can track your plans for our lives. We thank you for hearing us. In Jesus' name, Amen. Today, I said, we'll be looking at Psalm 3. And if you've been following us as we go through the book of Psalms, we'll be learning that these Psalms are the psalmist, the people's response to God. If you believe that there's a God, if you believe that there's a God who cares about you, who hears you, who knows you, who made you, who is for you, and yet you live in a world that is full of confusion, sickness, poverty, disease, enemies, even if you like, witches and wizards, what does God do about those things? What can God do about them? If you understand that there are times we are up, there are times we are down, there are times we get so excited, what, how does God come in? In the book of Psalm, we find a lot of responses to these things that occur in the changing scenes of life. And Psalm 3 and Psalm 4 capture one of those things that happen so many times in people's lives, so many times in nations, when there is a rebellion or there's confusion in a man's home, when a man's enemy are his own family members. Let me give the background here to us. In 2 Samuel chapter 15, through 18, there's a very long story there. Basically, it's a story of King David, his son. King David had a son. This son was called Absalom. And Absalom decided to rebel against the father. What did he do? To read some Second Samuel chapter 15. Let's just read. The first four verses. You hear what Absalom is doing here. After this, Absalom bought a chariot and horses, and he hired 50 bodyguards to run 
ahead of him. He got up early every morning and went out to the gate of the city, when people brought a case to the king for judgment. Absalom would ask, Where is in Israel are you from? And they would tell him their tribe. Then Absalom would say, You really got a strong case here. It's too bad. The king doesn't have anyone to hear it. I wish I were the judge. Then everyone could bring their cases to me for judgment, and I'll give them justice. This is how Absalom behaved and behaved so badly that he won the people's heart because his father was fading away. He had so many concerns. He was getting old. And this Absalom was planning how he can get the throne. Well, if you are a student of the Bible, you will know something. David was a warrior. And he could have fought the son. He could have killed him because after all, the son had only about 50 people around him. But for some strange reason, he decided not to kill his son. Not to even fight. But rather, leave the city for his son. And so, the first night, he flew away from the son. His own son. And nobody could believe that the king would run away. Psalm 3 tells us what he felt that day. And then Psalm 4, what he felt the following day. So if you are somebody who keeps journals, if you like writing things in your diary, he's from the diary of David. What is Psalm 3, verse 1 to 8? Oh Lord, I have so many enemies. So many are against me. They are saying, God will never rescue him. But you, oh Lord, you are a shield about me. You are my glory and the one who holds my head high. I cried out to the Lord and he answered me from the holy mountain. I laid down and slept, yet I woke up in safety, for the Lord was watching over me. I am not afraid of 10,000 enemies who surround me on every side. Arise, O Lord, rescue me, my God. Slap all my enemies in the face. Shatter the teeth of the wicked. Victory comes from you, O Lord. May you bless your people. Amen. I thought you say amen and hallelujah. Is that not the way we like to pray the prayer? But let's see what David is trying to do here. The psalmist has written a psalm. And this psalm is about being confident that even though he fled from the palace, surrounded by enemies, yet God, God, the God Almighty he loves, who loves him, who elected him, would never and ever abandon him. We see the psalm in three movements. The first we see is verses 1 and 2 where he talks about he is surrounded by his enemies. We'll see that again very soon. So when you are surrounded by your enemies, what do you do? But the second part, which is interesting, is that he is not only surrounded by his enemies, but he's sustained by God. And you find the choice of words and the language that he uses to show that there's sustainance by God. There's God who is upholding him. The last one, he declares, 
that he is saved by God. So your enemies may do their best, but look up to God. God will be the one who will save you, who will sustain you. So let's take it and unpack it for this evening, what David is really talking about. What is the problem? Verses 1 and 2, he tells us clearly, Lord God, something is happening. I am surrounded by so many enemies. They are against me. They are saying, God will never rescue him. Well, the man was being opposed by the son. So if your son is against you, and he has got people to join him, what would you do? And that you kill him. If you kill him, you are in trouble. Because your son, you have just killed your son. If you don't kill him, he is also looking for you to kill you. You will always face opposition when you are doing something in this life. So beware, my friends. You always face opposition. Sometimes from inside, sometimes from outside. Sometimes you may know them, sometimes you may not know them. They are everywhere. Even in the Garden of Eden, there was opposition. The devil tempted Adam and Eve. Even Jesus Christ himself was tempted. By who? The devil. So, if I have any message for you today, the Lord has any message for us through Psalm 3. It is God's help in times of trouble. So the problem is there. I'm surrounded by so many enemies. And it comes to verse 2. So what am I supposed to do? So many are saying, God will never rescue him. They are saying God will never rescue him. See, when you are in trouble, and you want people to comfort you, so that they will tell you, if God cannot save you, God cannot help you. How would God help you? I've heard this over and over and over again. Sometimes the problem may be economic problems. Oh, how is God able to help you? Is God going to rain food from heaven for you? Or you've been sick for a while? Or you can't pay your children's school fees? Or you can't even sustain a, a few things yourself? You say, God, even God cannot help you. People say these things and become so discouraging. Sometimes they may be said by even your church members or your family members. David was a king. He had an army. His son was taunting him. And yet people were saying, God cannot help him. God cannot help him. When times like that come, we are bound to get discouraged. But what does the psalmist do? We see him writing in his memoir what he did. He tells us basically he was sustained by God. He is sustained by God. Sustained by God because he learned something that we are told later on. You see, those people who discourage the psalmist, they may not have read the Bible. Because in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7, we read, Give all your worries and cares upon God, for he cares about you. Whatever your care and your worry is, cast them on him. Give them to God, for he cares about you. So the psalmist now, runs away, he decides that he's not going to kill his son, and he decides to go and hide somewhere to seek the protection of the Lord. And he says, But you, O Lord, are a shield about me. You are my glory and the one who holds my head high. In modern days, we don't know what shield is. But in those days, it's like putting, I mean, in today's time, a shield was like what you say somebody is putting on a bulletproof vest. 
when somebody puts on a bulletproof vest, they are in a bulletproof car. They think you cannot shoot them, nothing can happen to them. That's why our presidents, our important people, they have all these bulletproof vehicles because nobody can shoot them and kill them. In those days, they didn't have them. So the shield was the equivalent of the bulletproof that you can put on. But look at what he's saying here. You see, even if you are putting on a bulletproof vest or gun, I mean a bulletproof shield, there are ways people can get you. In those days, it was a bulletproof shield. Somebody can shoot your neck and find somewhere to shoot you. But he is not talking about that shield. He says, but you, O Lord, are a shield around me. Hallelujah. He's not talking about being bulletproof. He's not talking about the shield. He's not talking about an armored car. He's not talking about the vest, a dress that he's wearing. He's not talking about the batakari that somebody's wearing with all kinds of amulets. He's not talking about the amulet on your waist or the charms that you do under your bed. That that is what he's depending on. There are people who depend on all kinds of things. And sometimes they fail and they fail them very miserably. And say, oh, maybe the juju didn't work for you. Yes, it may not work for you. But if you are against God or God is against you, no matter where you flee to, God will get you. But if God is for you, he knows how to rescue you. And I declare that if you are a child of God and put your faith and trust in him, he will deliver you. Confess him. Confess your faith in him. So David said, but you, O Lord, you are assured about me. You are my glory. Hallelujah. What is the glory? It's difficult to describe glory. But I compare it like this. This is the glory of the sun. The sun can be so bright that you may not be able to look at it. Or in the darkness, somebody is coming and the car light is so bright. Or you are in darkness and they suddenly turn on the light. It's so bright that you even get dazzled. That is glory. It's heavy. It's shining. It's sparkling. It catches your attention. David is saying, Lord, you are my shield. Lord, you are my glory. The one who holds my head high. He remembers that God is the one who made him a king. God is the one who caused him to be anointed. God is the one who put him on the throne. And true, truly, he may have made mistakes. And we all do. But it does not mean that the father has abandoned him. It does not mean that the father has left him. The only reason why he chose not to fight is that he, David, does not want to be the one who fights against his own son. He believed that even though he's a warrior, God must fight his case for him. God will win that battle for him. So he is sustained by God. David was confident that God will restore him to his throne. His word, lift up, lift up my head, expresses restoration to dignity and position. That God is the one who can do it for him. The reason for David's best of confidence is found in verses 4 and 5. He casts his mind back and he says this in verses 4 and 5. I cried out to the Lord and he answered me from his holy mountain. I lay down and slept, yet I woke up in safety, for the Lord was watching over me. Here, David said that night, wherever he was running to, he got there successfully. God has sustained him from running. God has sustained him 
through all the troubles, and finally he got to his destination. But he did not stay awake. There are some people who stay awake because there are so many things they are worried about. They are worried about who will take their houses, who will take their cars, who will come and knock at the door, who will steal what they have, who will not do what. People get worried about so many, many things in this world. But the psalmist is saying, look, Lord, you are the only one who can help me. As for people, they cannot. Because God, you are a listening God. I cried out to the Lord and he answered me from his holy mountain. You feel heaven is too busy to listen to you. Cry to God again and let him answer you. He is the one who said in Matthew chapter 7, verses 7 through 9. Look at what he said. God himself said, keep on asking and you will receive what you ask. Keep on seeking and you will find Keep on knocking, and the door shall be opened unto you. For everyone who asks receives, everyone who seeks will find, and everyone who knocks, the door shall be opened. You parents, if your children ask for a loaf of bread, you give them a stone instead. No, even parents do not do that. So the psalmist cried to the Lord, and the Lord heard him. His faith and trustworthiness is in God. So remember, He's possibly writing this after he has gone through this trouble. He's telling you how to be successful when the whole world is against you, when your mother is against you, when your father is against you, when your son has gone to contract armies to be against you. It's not the time for you to go and seek Agbalagba or to seek a Malam or to seek fortune hunters, but to cry to the Lord sincerely that, Lord, I'm in trouble. If you do not help me, no one can help me. He cried to the Lord from his heart. And he was fearless. You see, God made him fearless. Look at what he said in verse 6. Verse 6. I am not afraid of 10,000 enemies who surround me on every side. Hallelujah. <laughs> Your enemies surround you. Your son, Absalom, has gone to hire chariots and horses and 50 fighters. And they are chasing you. The whole of the town is laughing at you because you are running away. Your enemies are running after you. They are laughing at you. God cannot help you. And here you are in the village hiding, in your tower hiding, in your prayer closet hiding, in the forest hiding. And what are you declaring? What are you confessing? You are confessing something very great and very positive. You are confessing, you see, I am not afraid of 10,000 enemies who surround me on every side. Hallelujah. You remember the other day when some people came to attack the prophet and attack Israel and they were boasting that they are going to attack these men. And the young man was so afraid that he went to ask the prophet, Prophet, are you not afraid? Can't you see the people are so many? The people are so many and they are going to defeat that. Prophet prayed, look, Lord, open his eyes that he will see. Open his eyes that he will see. And the young man saw, he saw sights of angels, sights of people holding, whether they are bows or arrows and ammunition, whatever. And then he shouted, ah, I can see. Yes, those who are with us are more than those who are against us. Hallelujah. That's why Paul can tell us that, look, as for him, he's not afraid. 
What can mere man do to me? David had not seen any of these things, but he had come to believe that a thousand and a thousand and a thousand angels will fight for him. And you must believe that a thousand and a thousand angels will fight for you. When Pontius Pilate and all those people were trying to kill Jesus, don't you know I have power to kill you? What did you tell them? My kingdom is not of this world. If it were, my father will send his angels and they will destroy you. Yes, one angel was sent once upon a time. He destroyed about 185,000 people. We are not talking about angels here. We are just talking about the confidence and the power of God. What God is able to do. When the children of Israel reached the place of the Red Sea, they looked up, they looked down, they looked north, they looked south, they looked behind them. Lo and behold, in the parted sea, they saw the Egyptians coming after them, coming after them, coming after them. And they were wondering, ah, now we are in trouble. We are in trouble. We are in trouble. And the word was simple. You watch and see the deliverance of the Lord. For the Egyptians you see today, you will see them again. Never, never and ever will you see them again. And the rest is history. Friends, can you get some positive confession into your heart, into your mouth? Whoever you put your trust and confidence in, you see, if a mouth, a man confesses, with a heart we believe unto salvation. The psalmist saying, I am not afraid of 10,000 enemies. He's saying this himself. He's saying this, confessing it. He's saying this about his God. He's saying this about his attitude towards the devil. Yes, so my first who fear, who fear the sicknesses, the diseases, the poverty, the demons, we fear them so much that even when they are not attacking us, our own fear kills us. Somebody described fear, defined fear as false evidence appearing real. False evidence appearing real. Yes, the enemy may be chasing you, but can you put your foot down and say, the Lord will protect me. You cannot destroy me. No, I am for the Lord. So David is here saying that his confidence is in God. He is sustained by God. And because of that, what happened? Oh, he was sleep. He slept. He slept soundly. He slept. But the Lord is his shield. He protects him. The Lord is encouraging him. The Lord heard his prayer. And the Lord provided an answer for him. Then we experience the peace that God gives him. See, verse 6, Psalm 3, verse 6 tells us something. It tells us the basis of this deliverance. The psalmist expressed the absence of fear over the thousands who took their stand against him on every stand. That he is not afraid of him. Why? Because God is the one who sustains him. So what we see at the conclusion of this from verses 7 and 8. My dear friend, what are we talking about today? We are talking about God's help to us in times of trouble. God's help to us in times of trouble. And we are saying that there are many times we get into trouble. Trouble from inside 
trouble from outside, trouble from your house, trouble in your circumstances, trouble in your nation, trouble from your husband, trouble from your wife, trouble from your children. But what can we do? We can either give up because we are afraid or put our faith and confidence in God and confess that He is for you. Yes, He is for you. And see what the Lord will do for you. So in verses 7 and 8, we see the psalmist boasting or confident about God's help. Arise, O Lord, rescue me, my God. Slap all my enemies in the face. Shatter the teeth of the wicked. Victory comes from you, O Lord. May you bless your people. These are the type of prayers that people like praying because they see some words that are used here. You see, David is using poetic language. Slap all my enemies in their face. Shatter their teeth. Shatter the teeth of the wicked. Yes, when you get to your father, you can put all your worries, all your anxiety, and all your vocabulary of disgust to him. And you are asking him to do it. It's not a usual way of prayer, but it's a usual way of expressing your emotion and your sentiment about what is happening. He's so disgusted. Oh, David is normal. You and I, we are normal. So that he's so disgusting. It's so annoying what people do to you, what they say about you, the gossip, the lies, the cheating. When they've given you a haircut, it's so annoying. So, and, and you tend to say a lot of things. Sometimes we may have to go to the Lord and ask Him to forgive us. See, to forgive us. Sometimes you may end up cursing people. But here, this is a prayer between David and his God. He's calling on his God what God will do, what God can do, what God should do. But he's not forcing the hand of God to do it. Because God is God. He has already acknowledged him as the Lord who is able to do everything. So the psalmist calls on the Lord based on two or three things. First, he is the God of peace. The Lord already has shown him that he is in absolute control. So, he slept, the psalmist laid down and went to sleep. He had faith that God would take care of him. God has promised never to leave him or to forsake him. So he was asleep. He slept that night. Nothing kept him up. There are some of you who are not able to sleep because of your lying, your cheating, your, 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 your forging of books. If the Lord is keeping you awake, you better confess to him that he'll give you sleep. Say, 10,000 people cannot do anything to me because God is with me. Then he's calling on the Lord. I am praying, O Lord, that you hear me. Oh my God. Personally, come to my defense. But the last verse, where we'll stop today, tells us whatever he says. Check verse 8. Lord, my hope is in you. Lord, I am crying to you. Lord, I am turning to you. Verse 8. Victory comes from you, O Lord. May you bless your people. Hope, man's only hope of salvation is from the Lord. Outside of God, there's no salvation. We are saved not by what we do, but by what God has done for us. And salvation produces joy, even when we are being chased by our enemies. 
He said, let me ask you, do you know this God as your Lord and Savior? If you do, just give him your thumbs up, your prayer, your affirmation that you are my God forever and ever and ever. But if you do not, and you are facing the troubles in all sides, can you just say with me, Lord Jesus, today I hand my life to you. I want Jesus to come into my life. Holy Spirit, fill me to overflow you. Let me be yours. Let me live for you. Let me commit my life to you. Because you will guide me in the path of righteousness. For your name's sake. Amen. If this is your prayer, we stand ready to help you. Contact us after this broadcast. Anytime, Calvary Baptist Church or any Bible-believing church. And you'll be glad you did. Because we are here to help you. God bless you. Until next week, stay blessed. You just heard the radio broadcast from Calvary Baptist Church, headed by Reverend Dr. Fred Egbe. We trust you've been blessed. Do join us on Sunny FM every Saturday from 8 to 8.30 p.m. for an awesome time in the Word of God. Locate us right opposite the Mr. Biggs restaurant in Adabraka near the Kwame Nkrumah Interchange. As well, we're in Shiashi across the motorway from the Accra Mall. In Oibi, we're near the Cares Valley Event Center at the Goyle Filling Station. Our Amasamai campus is on the Danbridge Montessori School premises near the Amasamai Government Hospital. Again, we're in Botiano, opposite the Botiano Polyclinic. Otherwise, follow us on Facebook at Calvary Baptist Church GH and on YouTube at Calvary Baptist Church TV or email us via calvarybaptistghana at yahoo.com. You can also call us on 024-369-0485 or 0302-231-854 or reach us on WhatsApp number 0200-181680. God bless you.